Good evening and welcome to Sarah McGavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a brand new guest on. Her name is Candace Harper, and she is from Virginia. She's 34 years old, and she grew up in family court, and she's still in it. She's the mother of one daughter who's 13 years old. She's an Army veteran. She's a business owner of Farm Ferry, LLC. She's an advocate in social media groups, USA Family Court, class action team. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. And Cass, how did you get into all of this? Um, I didn't mean to. I was kind of forced into it when I was four years old, um, when my folks divorced and my mother uh, decided to use the courts to hurt my dad using me as a weapon. Kind of, you know, same story. That mm-hmm. a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, it, it worked for a really long time. And then she came after my daughter. And I'm still fighting that. But my daughter is home now. So mm-hmm. we're good there. Uh, and I don't believe that my mother is going to be an issue uh, any longer. We do have a three-hour trial scheduled for February 7th. But um I don't think that trial is going to last more than about 15 minutes because I think that court, I know that they're following my Facebook stuff. Uh, the local government around here is very aware of who I am and what I do and what I stand for. Mm-hmm. And some of them are kind of upset about it, but um, yeah, I try to get along with everybody. There's no malice over here. I just want people to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And this um, has so horrifically destroyed my family ever since I was a little kid it's just kept going so 30 out of 34 years of my life has been spent in family court and it's just no matter how you look at it that's that's pretty pretty messed up that is sad I'm so sorry it it just it's just not ending for you no, it, it definitely does not end. So uh, cue the anxiety, the complex post-traumatic stress disorder, um, you know, the attachment issues and everything else that I'm having to work through as an adult, trying to fix what they did to me as a kid and trying to guide my daughter through this healing process at the same time. It's just, it's, yeah, there was no, no reason for any of this. There's no reason to treat a family like this. So I, I don't understand who the courts think they are, but they sure as hell do not have the right to treat human beings the way they've treated my family. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, it seems like these judges, these family court judges, and I mean, there are some good ones, but I think they're few and far between. But for the most part, the ones that yeah. I've been, you know, court watching on, such as one in Miami Dade, big nightmare. I just, I can't believe what some of these judges are putting families through. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely insane. And and in my case, um, when my mother filed for custody of my daughter, uh, she filed in a county that didn't have jurisdiction over the case. Not only that, uh, she had conspired with the guardian ad litem who get this used to be my guardian ad litem like 20 years ago same guy he won't go away um i filed a complaint with the state bar stating there was a conflict of interest explained how i mean it's pretty pretty obvious um even to somebody who's not familiar with law it's like that's that's not cool that's that's not okay but the state bar refused to investigate it because you know they're just they're just useless well, they say it's just uh, not, it's not ethic, unethical enough. It's just not unethical. Yeah, enough. I guess. I guess it's, it's pretty wild. But um, so, yeah, he conspired with my mother to take custody away from me under false allegations of abandonment. Again, in a court that didn't have jurisdiction as we had been living outside of that county um, for well over a year. So that court didn't even have jurisdiction. But they granted my mother temporary custody and transferred the case over to Fauquier County, which is where we live now. And uh, I've been in Fauquier County since 2017, or in their court system, rather. 
but that's the system I grew up in. So like I'm going back into my childhood every time I go back to court, mm-hmm. it, it brings up so many horrible memories of like having to testify against my dad and my mother using me as a, basically a tape recorder. We would rehearse all the hearings and everything. She would practice the questions and how I was supposed to answer so that she could win. And at the time, you know, being an alienated child with that uh, shared persecutory delusion, kudos to Dr. Childress for for that. He's he's really been helpful with the uh, DSM-5 mm-hmm. and all the clinical psychology and family court. Uh, I like that guy. He's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I, I had to do anything I could to remain in my mother's favor. Uh, and that went on until I was about 14 years old, something like that. And my dad won temporary custody. So I had grown up to that point, not really having any visitation with my dad. And um, I was scared of him. I was I was terrified of my dad because my mother had convinced me that he was abusive she actually implanted false memories she brainwashed me into hating my dad this is what alienators do Mm -hmm. this is what narcissistic parents do it's really really gross Mm -hmm. and once you see the pattern you can't unsee it so like we really need to focus on educating these courts on what's going on and like how to recognize the pattern it's not rocket surgery Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really not you can see it a mile away Um, so there's really no excuse for how they're handling that kind of stuff, but yeah, I don't know why I'm so sorry. I I just don't know why these judges can't recognize a personality disorder when it's honey. Do you know why? Do you know why? Hmm. Because they have the same one. Oh yeah. I, I know they identify with the personality disorder, whether it be narcissist or, uh, bipolar or whatever, I know they identify with B in general. What's that? I said it's the the cluster Bs. Mm-hmm. The cluster B personality disorders. You got like the antisocial personality disorder, narcissistic, borderline. Uh, I I don't I, I don't is bipolar a cluster B? I don't think so. No, I um, don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I'll I'll have to get back in it. You know, while I'm pursuing this imaginary. Uh, degree in psychology that I never intended to to study for, but the courts kind of forced us into educating ourselves, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's gross. But anyway, back to back to my dad. Um, so I'm 14 years old, and I am scared to death that this guy's going to beat the shit out of me and kill me. Right? Mm. That's that's what I thought. Being thrown into that situation. So, of course, I rebelled. I went nuts. I started smoking, started drinking, started carrying on with the heavy metal music, the whole bit. I rebelled as hard as I could. And I feel bad now because as an adult, once I realized that my dad was actually the safe parent, not only that, my dad is what I like to call the human equivalent of a golden retriever. Oh, yeah, he is the most precious man I've ever met. He is the sweetest thing. He's so nice to strangers for no reason at all, just because that's who he is. He's mm-hmm. never met an enemy and everybody's his new best friend. Like if you're broke down on the side of the road, it's going to be my dad that pulls over to help you out oh. and tell you stories while he's doing it. Mm-hmm. So like for mm-hmm. me to miss out on 14 years of having that safe parent just because my mother wanted to hurt him because she, you know, just could not accept accountability for her actions and her behavior and the things that she did. She abused the hell out of my dad. Mm. There, there was no, no excuse for that. And we can, we can touch on intergenerational trauma too. Um, you know, in, in my family, on my mother's side, there's a lot of the personality disorder. There's a lot of the trauma. There's a lot of court. There's a lot of adoption. There's a lot of a, a lot of crazy kind of things. There's also sexual abuse. There's the whole narcissistic family dynamic. And it's been going on for generations. And I'll I, I tell you right now, it stops with me. Mm-hmm. We don't do that. And, and I've, I've been teaching my daughter 
Actually, I ended up having to do supervised visitation with my daughter because I was teaching her about narcissistic personality disorder and toxic families and like how to deal with it. The judge said that I was brainwashing my daughter against my mother. Ugh. How wild is that shit? I had to have a psych evaluation and they sent me to this quack up in like Reston or something like that. Um, and I looked him up after the fact, cause I didn't know any better then, but he loves to throw people under the bus and ruin their cases for them. He loves to diagnose people with cluster B. He said I was histrionic Ugh. and I'm like, are you shitting me? The judge said this? No, no. The, the psychiatrist that did the oh. psyche valve, the judge, the judge made me go do the psyche evaluation, which cost a thousand dollars that I didn't have. I had to get a, I had to do a loan and like work it off to do that. Oh my gosh. Um, like I've been broke this whole time, dude. They have taken everything from me. Mm -hmm. Everything. They took, they stole my potential right out the gate. I was four. I didn't have a chance. Oh, so unfair. I am so sorry. No, so I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little upset. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I would be too. Um, who was the judge? Oh, there's been so many judges. Um, mm. I mean, are, are we talking about childhood or are we talking about adulthood? Well, I guess. How about there's, there's a list. Mm. Wh whoever there's only one that I've liked. Oh, really? There was one that I liked. Unfortunately, he passed away several years ago, but mm -hmm. he was a good man. And he, you know what? He's the one that emancipated me at 17. And when I was working at the Safeway, he would come in and he would get in my line just to talk to me and make sure I was doing okay. His name was Judge Dudley Payne. And he was a good man. Mm. And I just want to throw that out there because people need to know that good judges do exist. They're mm. out there. Unfortunately, they're, you know, this one's not here anymore. Mm. But I wish folks would, you know, promote the good judges. Oh, yeah. Talk about the good the more the more we we give kudos where it's due the more people are going to come out and look for kudos so they're going to start doing the right thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know we got it got to use the law of attraction uh what it's yeah. worth well that's too bad did he die young how old was he i want to say he was in his early 70s oh that's still young though and yeah, he he had battled with uh, cancer, I believe, is what it was. Mm. But um, but yeah, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. He actually he saw through the bullshit and 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 tried to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I said, he's the one that set me free when I was seventeen. So wow. he's a good guy. But now there's this lady, and she don't like me one bit. Um, and I don't care. But uh, her name is Melissa Cup, and she's here in Fauquier County, Virginia, at the JDR court. And uh, she put me in jail last year because I didn't have $10,000 to pay my abusive mother so that my abusive mother could continue to abuse me and my daughter. So she put me in jail, and I was supposed to be in there for a year, but uh, turns oh. out... You can negotiate the cost of a human body in Fauquier County, Virginia. Did you know that? No. You can get a human on sale. I was supposed to be $10,000, but I sold for six. Oh, my gosh. That's Isn't that wild? Gosh, yes. Isn't that gross? I was trafficked. Straight up trafficked. And they extorted money from these these two people. I call them my fairy godparents. They're they're pushing eighty. They are the cutest little old people you've ever seen. Oh my goodness, they're adorable. They're horse people. I've been taking care of their horses for like seven years now. They, I, I see this woman as my mother. Like she she is my mom. She's she's my spirit mom. And and I don't know where where I'd be without her. But she's the one that went into the courthouse. And she negotiated with the judge to get me out of jail in six days. Oh. I had to sit, I sat in a holding cell for six days in the same clothes. I was only permitted to take two showers, was not provided toothbrush. 
um wasn't given any personal hygiene products like no deodorant like it was gross i i came out of there and i immediately went to the barn and got some antibiotics just in case mm-hmm. like it was awful it sucked um and i stayed in the holding cell because i refused the uh the medical exam they wanted to test me for covid and tuberculosis and i'm like nah i, I i'll pass I'll, I'll just stay here in my own little private suite for however long it takes mm-hmm. um kind of went on a little hunger strike. I just, I just couldn't eat. I couldn't eat. I was, I was so stressed out. I had no appetite. So it was just like every now and then I would pick at a bread roll or something like that, but I I couldn't eat the whole time I was in there. Mm -hmm. Did the Um, food smell bad as well? I, I will give them this. Their food did not smell bad. And what I did eat wasn't bad. Uh, definitely very heavily processed, um, cheap food, but you know, not horrible. I mean, it's horrible for your body. Like I would not eat that shit on the regular mm-hmm, bad mm-hmm. choice. No, I'd be dead. Oh, did they keep that holding cell cold? Um, yes, it was very cold. And, um, the bench where I had my little, my little bed mat, I ended up having a roommate for a night and they gave her a bed mat and she slept on the floor. I slept up on the bench and the next day she got transferred to another place. So I stole her bed mat, stuck it up under mine and hit it with the blankets so that I had two of them. Cause my back hurts all the time anyway, oh. but sleeping, sleeping on a bench that's only about five feet wide. I'm five foot six. So I'm like curled up in this position. I can't, there was no way to get comfortable and sleeping on the floor. No, not going to happen because there were bugs down there. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have a little pet spider mm. that I would kind of chill with while I was sitting there doing nothing. They wouldn't give me a book, not a piece of paper, pencil, nothing. And the <laughs> lights are on 24 seven. So like it really screws yep. you up. Oh, yes. It's and inhumane. Then- and then they talk loud the whole night, the guards. Yeah. Oh, my God. They don't shut the hell up. No. No. And no, the and thing they- is, they're, they're sitting there, like, telling people. Like, this cop actually told me that the reason why he doesn't stand up for, for citizens and why he he just follows the law and, and doesn't stir the pot is because he wants this pension. Oh. So it's like oh. these cops, I swear to God, dude, it's awful. And they were like just so nonchalant about it. And I'm just, dude, this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why this year I decided to put my name in the hat for sheriff of Fauquier County. And the, I had no delusions of winning. That wasn't, that wasn't even a thing. And I ended up dropping out of the race anyway so that I could focus on these groups. Um, definitely a wiser investment because I'm still stirring the pot at the sheriff's department, which... Like, like I said, there's some folks out there that are kind of upset with me for what I do and mm. for what I say, but it needs to be done and it needs to be said and screw it. What are they going to do? What are they going to come after me for? Mm-hmm. Like pull up, let's talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's the, this human trafficking going through the family courts, even if a child, well, it, it, your example is taken away and given to the abuser, even though they're both parents, that's still human trafficking. Yep. It's not that a lot of people associate that with foster care and adoption, but it's still going on between parents. This is human trafficking. Yes, it is. At at its finest. Yep. Welcome to America. Yeah. Weird as shit. Uh. (laughs) Too bad. It's a shame. Yeah, it's it's disgusting. There's no excuse for it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is if you ask these people, like these folks in Congress and whatnot, it's like, are y'all evil or just fucking stupid? Mm-hmm. They have to pick one. I think they it's have both. to pick one. It is. They're stupid evil. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's it's it's. Oh, God, it makes me sick. I'm sorry. I'm getting all fired up now. Well, you know, the thing is, um, they, they want their pensions, too. And then they, they go on a holiday break. Like, when does Congress go on? In fact, my husband was asking me this morning, when do they go on their their break? And I think it's it's the 21st that Congress goes on break for, what, 
two months. I don't know. It's, I wish I could have a vacation for two months. Oh my gosh. I, you know what? I would like a day off. Yeah. You know, that, that would be enough for me, but I, I'm so broke. Um, you know, cause I, that $6,000 that got me out of jail, you know, that, that wasn't free. I'm still working that off a year later. So I have to work that job in order to pay off that debt. So I'm not actually getting money from that job. So it costs me money to go there to, to pay off this debt, which is okay. Cause I'm happy to pay off the debt. I'm grateful to not be in fucking jail. Mm -hmm. I would have just, I would have just gotten out, uh, right about Thanksgiving. Oh my gosh. Yeah. They let me out the day before Thanksgiving. Oh, I'm you surprised. That? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. First thing I did was go home, turn the shower on as hot as I could, and I scrubbed half my skin off. Yeah. I, oh, God. I was so happy to be the hell out of there. Oh, yes. But, um, oh, God. Anywho, um, so these story goes um i've got my daughter back now uh that happened back in august the family court judge last year she was quite shitty to me obviously putting me in jail it was pretty damn rude uh and completely unnecessary and unethical and illegal unlawful unconstitutional mm -hmm. we, i can go on um this year when i got before her in august and my mother decided not to show up. My daughter, according to the court order we had before, uh, was supposed to spend the summer with me and her dad. Real quick, me and her dad get along just fine. By the way, today is his birthday. Happy birthday. Oh. Um, I've already texted him and I got him a little present. Um, oh. Like I said, we get along just fine. Um, we don't. He and I don't have a visitation agreement. He's, you know, he shows up. He's got a key to my house. Um, he can pick her up whenever the hell he wants. And rather than pay child support, he'll take her to the grocery store or right now I'm borrowing his truck because he's fixing my car. Oh, that's nice. So we've, we, yeah, we've got our own little system going on and, and it works. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would rather have my car fixed than have cash. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's great. Me. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is great. You can work together. Um, obviously your ex doesn't have a personality disorder. No, no, he's, he's, he's got one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen. He, he comes off a little, a little cold and like kind of rough around the edges because of like how he was raised in his childhood and whatnot, but he's got a heart of gold. He really does. I love that man. Oh, so we, we can't, we can't be together. It doesn't oh. work out that way. Yeah. We're much better as like co-parents and friends. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that he ended up being the father of my only child mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rather so, than somebody else. Right. So when your mother had what custody of your daughter, did she let him see her at all? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. She never tried to alienate Melanie from, from her dad, but uh, she definitely did her best to alienate her from me. Tried to tell her that I was a drug addict and a hooker and all these other God awful things um that are not true i'm not a hooker i'm a stripper but only in the sense of my business farm ferry where we strip stalls which means we pull everything out of the stall and start out brand new that's that's the only stripper bit that i do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh <laughs> yeah that's that's what the glitter's for yeah um <laughs> that's funny that's not yeah yeah. Uh, another life hack uh, from the farm ferry uh, to keep the cops at the courthouse from going through your bags. You can easily train them to not do that by putting a bunch of glitter in your bag and shaking it up really, really good before you hand it to them. Mm -hmm. They will not stick their hands in there anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like I can prove it. It's it's funny as hell. They don't even touch my bag. They're like, nope. Nope, that's going to get us. We're going to be covered in glitter. Our wives are going to get mad. They don't want to do it. Um, so yeah, people are trainable. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I have too much fun. I have too much fun. Because um, it's just, it's gotten sad. It's pathetic. Uh, what our system has become. And mm -hmm. 
the fact that it was basically designed to be like this. Yeah, it really, really makes you want to do something about it. And it's just like, what do we do? Other than file lawsuit after lawsuit and there's going to be I'm sorry, the, the thing just said, said something. Um, these kids that are going missing from, from state custody, we know where they're going. We know that they're being trafficked. We know that they're being sold to pedophiles. We know that they're being sold for um, organ harvesting. We know that a bunch of them ended up at Epstein Island. And mm-hmm. we know a bunch of politicians and celebrities and all these other people were over there involved in this. Mm-hmm. So once we once we get into the criminal uh, prosecution of these people, once we find out exactly who was involved and how, and we start holding them accountable because we have to. Oh yeah, we can't let them get away with this. We're not going to have any room in our prisons, Mm -hmm. and our government is going to be damn near empty. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Yeah. We're going to really start all over as a country. We have to mm-hmm. because this ain't working. It's and just we still see broken. Yeah, we know better now and we can handle this. We can do it. And it needs to be abolished. It's going to be hard. It's going to take time, but mm-hmm. we can do this. Yeah. Uh, it should have been abolished a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say for the record, uh, I did not kill myself, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Hillary Clinton and how she ties into all that. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, quick shout out to the imaginary FBI guy in my phone. His name is Paul. So if you ever see me posting about Paul, that's who it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I figure if I'm stirring up this much shit, they're listening. Uh-huh. So sometimes I like to give them a sweet little message just to let them know that I'm not an enemy, <laughs> just yeah. a whistleblower. Um, you know, whistle needs to be blown. Mm-hmm. And if if uh, the FBI had any credibility left, you know, maybe they would do something. They had mm-hmm. any integrity. You know, the whole Department of Justice. Like, what what is going on? I've, you know, it, it, it's upsetting how quiet our government and the media is about these problems. Now, here lately, CBS and Fox News, uh, Laura Ingram, I think is her name, mm-hmm. uh, they've been putting out some content uh, talking about the corruption within CPS. But everybody is like, there's this big old elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about how CPS is trafficking kids. Nobody, you know. Yeah, the media has not yet picked up on that part of it. They're just saying that there's problems. They're not telling the people what's actually going on. And that Band-Aid needs to be ripped off. Mm. Like now, like yesterday. Yes. Yeah, the public needs to be aware. The general public needs to know what the hell is going on that their taxpayer dollars are paying for. Oh. You know, it's insane. Well, it is it is 100% racketeering influenced by a corrupt organization. It is RICO. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is so much more than RICO. There's so many Title 18 violations, and that's the criminal code. That's the list goes on. These people should be in prison for life, mm-hmm. buried under the prison. And the thing is, is they know what they're doing. Like I said, are you evil or stupid? They're not stupid. They know exactly what they're doing. There's your malice. There's your intent. You know, I think people want to close a a blind eye because I went to post a podcast on this very topic and to a group. And um, I got the responses, you know, um, you know, this is an uncomfortable topic. You know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but could you not post this? And I said, I'm glad you feel it is an uncomfortable topic because everyone needs to know about it because it can happen to anyone. And what did she do? She blocked me for seven days and took down the post. 
And, and you're right. We absolutely do need to have these uncomfortable conversations because if we don't, how are we going to fix it? Mm-hmm. You have to diagnose the problem in order to diagnose the problem. You have to identify the problem. Mm-hmm. But if people are refusing to identify the problem, how the hell do you diagnose it? And if you can't diagnose it, how do you treat it? It were, it, it's so wild how, you know, the law and everything, you know, it, it goes along with psychology. It's all connected. Um, not that I'm going to go off on a spiel about, you know, quantum physics or anything like that, but uh, it's all connected. Everything is affects everything else. Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, it's definitely it's definitely time to do something. It's time to say something. It's time to get really damn loud and make sure every human being on this planet knows what's going on so that we can all stand up together and stop it immediately. There, mm -hmm. there is no waiting for a bill to pass. There is no, um, well, let's let's sit down and talk about it, but let, let business continue as usual until then. You know, six years down the road, they might, you know, sit down and have a conference. No. Shit needs to be stopped, halted immediately. All operations cease. And a full investigation is done. And nobody moves until that's over. That's what needs to happen. Right. And I think also CPS needs to be abolished. 100%. We need, to, we need something better. And we need something. You know, I'm, I'm a big advocate for voluntarism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I I lean very much towards the libertarian side of things. I'm I'm not into politics. I mean, I see both Republicans and Democrats. It they're just criminal organizations. Yeah, that's it. Two wings, same bird, mm -hmm. and it's gonna shit all over this country. But the libertarians, they seem to know what the hell's going on, and they've been the most vocal. Mm -hmm. They've been the easiest to work with. Um, Spike Cohen. I'm hoping to get a uh, a conference with him here soon and see what we can get going as far as uh, raising awareness and stuff like that. He's afraid to really bring it up because a lot of these cases are still active. And I guess he's still like kind of afraid of like what the judges would do or if it would get people in trouble. And I'm like, bro, we don't have to talk about individual cases. We need to talk about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. We got to get outside of the box and look down in it and see what's going on. Mm hmm. Right now, everybody's still in the box. Right. At taxpayers' expense. And allowing this to go on. And, you know, if people want to turn a blind eye, you know, they will find CPS at their door eventually. CPS touches, what, one out of three families in America for what? False accusations? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And that's another thing that we need to do is we need to teach these people. We need to make it public knowledge, general knowledge of what your rights are as far as dealing with CPS um, and with the police, because we got a whole issue with the police. Don't even get me started on that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we need to start teaching people their rights and we need to start teaching kids their rights. This is the thing I love about my daughter. She's she's very mature for her age because of the trauma. I get it. I was, I was in her shoes. I understand. Like I totally empathize with, with what she went through and that's why she, she appears older than she is. She's a very old soul mm -hmm. because she had to grow up so fast. Oh. Um, but she's extremely intelligent and, um, she listens in. Mm. Uh, there's nothing I can do. I'm not, I'm not going to hide from her when I'm having these kinds of conversations with people, um, about these topics. If I'm talking to a parent, from one of the groups uh, who's in another state and they're trying to figure out what to do. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to help them the best I can. Um, I'm not an attorney, so I can't give legal advice. Right. Um, I just, I just try to, you know, sh give them a rabbit hole to run down. Mm -hmm. um, but the rest is up to them, but she listens in and, and she understands. And, and we've had the conversation about what to do. Like if CPS comes to the school, because CPS will go to a public school and talk to these kids without their parents even knowing about it. Oh, right. And the right. schools allow oh. it. Yeah. 
that's whack. That happened um, to my kids twice. And and my my kids yeah. resented being pulled out of their class. I had no idea this was going on. I heard after the fact. Yep, <clears> that's how no it goes. Nope. There's how no witness. There's they? no recording. It's it's fraud. It's fraud. Using kids to commit fraud. Yes. It's disgusting. Yes. There, there's no excuse for it. Um, so like I said, me and my daughter have had that conversation and she knows exactly what to do. If CPS shows up, she immediately invokes her Fifth Amendment right and asks for her attorney. And she asks for me. Mm -hmm. So ain't no nobody going to say nothing until I get there. And she has a guardian ad litem, but like I said, he's he's the one that used to be mine, the whole conflict of interest thing. That guy, he's he's not good. I don't want him anywhere near my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and he actually, he emailed me a couple weeks ago asking uh, when he could set up a meeting with her. And I was like, whenever you want, but I'm going to record it. No, oh, yeah. And he didn't like that. So he called my, rather than responding, he called my attorney. Um who used to represent my dad, which is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. um, but I've known my attorney for 30 years. Uh, he's more of an uncle than an attorney. He doesn't really do anything. He doesn't really fight for me. He sure as shit has never submitted any evidence that I've given him to submit. But mm. I digress. We'll deal with that later. Um, I love him to bits as a person, but as a lawyer, good Lord. Oh, man. Come on, dude. But... Uh, yeah oh my yeah yeah it's bad so she she knows to not say a damn thing until i get there mm -hmm. um she carries a copy of the constitution with her mm -hmm. and she she takes that information she takes that conversation that she and i had and she has that same conversation with her classmates good so she's in there educating the rest of the school kids on what to do if CPS shows up. She's mm -hmm. out there telling them the truth. That's excellent. So we, Yeah, it's pretty cool because like, she's awesome. She's just freaking awesome. She's an amazing kid. I'm so freaking proud of her. Yeah, she's, she's, just, she's just a really awesome human being. I'm so excited for, for what she does with her life. It's going to be fantastic. Most definitely. And you know, does she have any contact with your mother? um they text occasionally but um melanie has adopted the gray rock method mm -hmm. um which most of us that, that have dealt with narcissistic abuse we're we're familiar with that terminology but that's when you really just give them one word short answers uh don't really give them anything to to you know right. make a big deal of don't give them any information so like her grandmother will text her and be like, hey, how are you doing? How's school? You know, pretending like she cares, really just, you know, prying, mm -hmm. trying to figure out what's going on. Because mm -hmm. um, there's, she doesn't care. Right. Her grandmother does not care about her. Melanie has been discarded. She actually, my mother posted on her Facebook that we did not exist. That we were dead to her. <sighs> yeah. And, and I still have to go to court against this bitch in February. Are you serious? wow um, oh no yeah. <clears throat> and it's like the judge has figured it out she's she's a lot nicer to me now that's why i have custody but wow and this is yeah. that, that judge cup yes now how, how do i spell yeah. her, is that how's that name spelled k-u-c-u-p-p okay. interesting so so she went from being horrible and now she's changing her tune yeah Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And like, I know they're they're stalking my Facebook. I know they know about the groups, um, and that's that's totally fine by me. I want them to know. They should be aware. Mm -hmm. You know, light a fire under their ass. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I guess I guess she figured out who she was messing with mm -hmm. and what I was going to do about it. And the thing is, is both Culpeper and Fauquier County, they know that lawsuits are coming. They don't know how big or how bad, and I'm not going to give that away because it's a surprise. Mm -hmm. uh, but they know it's coming. Mm -hmm. 
and they know I'm done dicking around. Like <laughs> we're not doing this. And they're right. gonna they're gonna have to settle out of court, or I'm gonna end up having some case law for everybody to use. Mm-hmm. Because I will take this to the federal court. I'll take it as high as I need to go. Are you gonna say are you gonna see your mother as well? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Yeah, she's, Might as well. she's a bad actor. She should be in the lawsuit. Yeah. And um, and with her, I would go with uh, with some tort claims like intentional infliction of emotional distress. Yes. Interference with parental rights. Um, a couple others. Uh, I think that'll just stay mostly civil. Um, because putting her in jail, she would die. Uh, her medical conditions, uh, her health is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And she would not survive in jail mm-hmm. uh, more than maybe a day or two. Mm-hmm. Like she would literally die. So that's not the best option for. Her. Um, and I and I don't I don't want her to go to jail. I think honestly, what she would need is, that would help her out is maybe a little bit of hospitalization, maybe mm-hmm. some mandatory therapy with uh, with a psychologist who is very well versed in cluster B personality disorders and maybe actually get her some help and get her some healing mm-hmm. so that maybe even though she doesn't have much longer on this, on this earth, maybe she can improve her quality of life and the way that she interacts with other people. And maybe she can do a little, you know, self-reflection mm-hmm. and just be a better person. You know, she, she doesn't put her cart back. She doesn't put her shopping cart back. And you know, she maybe, leaves it in the park. Huh? Well, you know, maybe she should pay you the six thousand dollars back. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I have no problem taking all of her money. Then she can move in with the golden child brother. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would love that, considering oh, sure. he's helped her all along. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, the ripple effect. Like I said, everything's connected. She mm-hmm. has no money. She has to move in with my brother, my brother who has helped her hurt me and my daughter. Mm. he is a narcissist himself she and that's usually what well. happens yeah that's usually what happens in narcissistic families there's the narcissistic parent and then there's the golden child and the scapegoat and team scapegoat we're we're way easier to deal with because odds are we broke the cycle already mm-hmm. but the golden children they're still under the spell they're still in the cognitive dissonance they have no idea how fucked up they really are Mm-hmm. Oh, what a shame. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure my brother would love, love having mommy move in with him. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know, he, he can learn to be a nurse's aide. There you go. Yeah, because I had to take care of her every time she was sick. Um, she had pick lines, she's had mercy, like her health is Ooh. really bad. Yeah. Um heart failure, kidney failure diabetes, amputations, like the whole nine, like her health is really freaking bad. Mm. And from, from a young age, I was always her nurse. Um, when she first started getting insulin shots, she was too afraid and like needle phobic. I don't know if that's the actual term, probably not. Mm. Um, she was too afraid to do it herself. I was Mm. like nine giving Mm. her shots. Talk about parentification. Oh, right. Um, I mean, I can flush a pick line. I can change um, wound bandaging, you know, all that stuff. I can remove uh, sutures. And, and the child shouldn't, shouldn't be, be able doing to do any of that. No, hell no. Hell no. So I think that's part of the reason why she wanted custody of my daughter. She needed somebody to take care of her. And, and my daughter did tell me that there were, there were times where she had to take care of her. Oh. I'm like, that's not, that's not cool. Like, yeah, not wh- that. Why can't the judges see through this? I, I'm so sick of it. Well, it doesn't help that the judges don't really let you speak. Right. Um, you're basically told to sit down and shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, my attorney has told me to shut up a couple times, uh, which he knows doesn't work. I don't shut the hell up, mm-hmm. uh, but they don't let you talk and they don't, they don't really care about evidence. 
No, they, they do don't. not give a single about evidence. Um, they just want to keep it in court. They want to keep it. They want to create as much conflict as humanly possible so that they can generate more of that federal funding. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that needs to be, yeah, that needs to come to a screeching halt. Uh-huh. And another thing um, we need to do, we need to get rid of the whole no cell phones allowed in courtrooms. Like, no, we're going to have our cell phones in there and we're going to record every second of this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when we're done, we're going to sit down and we're going to go through it and we're going to write down every single violation that the judge uh, committed. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to go file our f- official complaints. If we have to, we'll do a writ of mandamus, like whatever we ought to do. Mm-hmm. Um to compel these people to do their damn jobs. Yeah. Yeah. That's just it. Quit playing with us. You know, I don't appreciate being treated like livestock. Right. I take care of livestock and I'll tell you what, these animals I take care of, they receive better treatment than what the court's done to us. Right. Unreal. Yeah. Very, very sickening. It's all very sickening. So we need cameras in the courtrooms now. We need 100% transparency. We need to have every single court case. It, it needs to be a public Zoom hearing. We need to be streaming this shit. People need to be aware. We need to be watching these judges. Mm-hmm. We need to be watching these lawyers. Well, we also put- tamper-free mics, because even in Zoom, um, as I've been court watching here and there, the judge will, judge will just mute the defendant. Yeah, dude. It's like all the time. That's happening all a lot time. in Miami Dade. I believe it. I believe it. they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to actually do their job. They just want to sit back and collect that check. Mm-hmm. Then you got the lobbyists. You got the lawyers. You got these, you know, judicial elections and shit like that. You got the campaigns. All that. It's all corrupt. And (laughs) there's no denying. There's no denying it. There's nobody really saying, oh, no, we're not doing that. When the evidence plainly states, this is what's happening. This is real. This is not, you know, a joke. This is is actually happening in the United States of America Mm -hmm. and, and across the planet. There's no excuse for it. And no excuse. And it's further causing high ACEs scores for children and parents yep. as well. Yep. <sighs> yep. It's that intergenerational trauma. They keep it going. Mm-hmm. They keep us scared. They keep us in a state of fear so that we're easier to control. Mm-hmm. I for one, I didn't have none of that. No. No, man. I'm going to pull up. <laughs> Well, you know, I'd like to have you back on again. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I just want to send a a quick shout out to um, my group, USA Family Court Class Action Team on Facebook. If y'all want to check that out, just look it up on Facebook and check the pinned posts and you will find a clickable list of all of the private state groups. And once you get in there, you find your neighbors, then y'all start working together mm-hmm. to file collective complaints against judges, lawyers, whatever in your area. That's going to get a lot more done than actually going with this. Or Well, we're, we're still going to go with the lawsuits, but um, this is how we can get started. Mm-hmm. This is how we can, we can really start building it is when we all get together and file those complaints and overwhelm these people with paperwork. Mm-hmm. Just bury them. Mm -hmm. And that's going to get a lot more attention and it's going to put a stop to this a lot quicker while we're working on the wall suits. And I definitely check that out. Most definitely. And how can people reach you if they have any questions? Um, If you go to the USA family court class action team, um, and you post in there. I mean, you'll you'll see me. My you'll see my comments and stuff. Just scroll in until you find me, and then you just click on my name, send me a message, um, or tag me in a comment because sometimes I don't I don't see the message requests. So tag me in a comment, 
and I'll get to you as soon as I possibly can. Uh, usually when I wake up in the morning, I open my Facebook and there's 99 plus notifications mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's pretty overwhelming. It is. Um, but I do try to get to everybody, you know, in a relatively timely fashion. Um, but it is hard. There's, there's a lot going on. Plus I, I still have to work my regular jobs and, and try to survive. Um, but yeah, I, you can absolutely reach out to me on Facebook. That's the easiest way to reach me. Um, and you can check out my business page, facebook.com slash armadillo by morning. And that's the farm fairy page. And my personal cell number is on there. Don't abuse it. Mm-hmm. But if you need something and you need to get a hold of me quick, you can call me. That's very nice of you. I do I do put my phone on silent at like 10 p.m. and I don't turn it back on till like 7 a.m. Um, because my phone rings all night long. Yes. I'll wake up to so many messages and, and missed calls and voicemails, and I'm like, holy cow, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it is, it is a 24 hour a day job. And I've been doing this. I've had the USA group going since June and it's been every single day. And I'm just trying to, trying to help as many people as I can uh, mm-hmm. with what I've got, with what I can bring to the table. And so mm-hmm. far, so good. We got like 2,300 people in there. It's not. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, thank you for the work that you do. That's great. You're helping people. That don't, that don't know where to turn. Yeah. It, it, it's very rewarding, um, to make connections with people. Usually somebody will reach out to me and they'll be like, Hey, I'm from Illinois. And I'm like, Oh, I know the perfect person for you to talk to. So even if I can't help them directly, I can plug them in with somebody who can. Mm-hmm. And that's most of what I do. Cause like I said, I'm not an attorney. I, I don't have any legal training. Uh, I'm just doing my best. I'm just Googling it. Yeah, that's really what I'm doing. I'm I'm winging it, and I'm going by you know what I've what I've talked about with with several friends and and these people on the internet. I tell you what, these groups they have brought around some of the most incredible people I have ever met. And even though I I may never meet these people in person, I really do feel that this is a family. This is a 100 a spirit family. We are an mm-hmm. army, that camaraderie, mm-hmm. and it's. Oh, I think it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. It's really, nice. I'm really grateful for, for where this group has gone and where it's going. And I'm really mm-hmm. proud of these people. They're doing yeah. a great job. Yeah. And a lot of these people are now our friends. I've I have oh. more friends than I ever <laughs> had in my life. <laughs> yeah. It's wild. It's yeah. so, it's so wonderful. Well, Hey, uh, don't Thank jump you. off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Cadence Harper in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you, Cadence, so much. Thank you.